0: Good morning, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, or people. And anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. And I'm also the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. And for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about a hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here Friday morning. A lot of you guys are looking forward to that. I have a day or two off. Uh, for me, it's usually Sunday. Uh, I get to work tomorrow, which is fine. Uh, again, we're going to kind of hit some of that today as far as <clears throat> what Christian's responsibility is uh, with regard to what we're going to talk about this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, and you're on uh, either any of our platforms we're doing the video show or you're out there in red state talk radio which by the way i didn't make mention of it yesterday but red state sorry we weren't on a couple of days uh the issue with my computer and apparently i had missed a couple of check marks or something and and putting it on another computer and so we weren't connecting so that was that was actually my fault. It wasn't uh, Red States or anything like that. I talked with Scott. Uh, everything, was, every, everything was good there. It's just I forgot something. So I apologize to the audience there at uh, Red State who tuned in a couple of days last week and even, I think, at the beginning of this week, and I was having a problem doing that, and I couldn't figure out what was going on. So my apologies for that. But if you'd like to check us out online on the video portion of the show, you can do so, at on media On our media site, if you'll scroll down on the right, Right there, you can see the face that's made for radio right there on Sons Liberty Media. You can also check it out on my Twitter account, FPP Tim. Facebook is Bradley Dean SOL. YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty. Before it's news.com, that's our friend Michael Roach. We're there every weekday morning at 6 a.m., Saturday at 8 a.m., and then Bradley's on Monday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. We're also on DLive.TV at the Sons of Liberty, and we've got a lot of friends uh, who are starting to, to come in over at DLive. We appreciate you guys as well as the guys over at Periscope. Um, some of them trickle in from, from uh, Twitter. We thank you all for your support. You guys in the chat room, Brian and Cece and Chris and Matthew and Eric and Joni and Natalie and Wes and Raymond and Sean and Don— um, And then over on my page, uh, a couple of people, Craig and Nigel and Aaron and Tom and Troy and Lee, Lee. (laughs) If I, if I, if I, if I was to vote for a Democrat for president, it would be Lee. I'm going to, I'll throw it out there, Uh, at least from what I know of him. Okay. We don't know each other personally, but we've, I've had him on the radio. Maybe I have him back on again because uh, for a Democrat, he's more conservative than a lot of conservative Republicans that I've met. And um, so I Yeah. Good morning, Lee. (laughs) Appreciate you, man. All right. So there's a couple of things I want to talk about this morning. And if you want to call in, the phone lines are open. Everything's up and running wonderfully. And so if you want to call in 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. You guys watching on any of the video streams that we have on the platforms, the numbers there right there in the bottom right of your screen, you're welcome to call in. Not Chinese Buffet. Keep it to the topic. Um, or if you got you know if you got a comment, you got a question. I'll, I'll always have an answer, but it might not be the right one, uh, or I have to go find out the answer. But today, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna be talking about this, the American Constitution, and we're gonna be talking about it with relation to what just came out of the Department of Justice. Now you remember, I covered this. Um, what was it? Uh, two days ago on Wednesday. We talked about the fact that the Obama DOJ, led by none other than Mr. Swamp Creature himself, Bill Barr, (coughs) what they said was, we are not going to probably be investigating Barack Hussein Obama, Satoru Sabarka, the usurper, nor his sidekick, Joe Hands-On Biden. We're not going to investigate those guys. We're we're probably not going to be investigating them criminally. Now, I don't know about you, but haven't we heard from this administration about how many crimes they've committed, how bad they were? These two guys, along with all their other people, Loretta Lynch and Hillary Clinton and Eric Holder and James Comey and all those people out of that administration, Andrew McCabe, isn't that what we've heard from this administration? Weren't you promised prosecution, a special prosecutor? Is it not what you now? What's been the result, though? The result is this administration has allowed itself to be beaten, if you will, I'm, and I'm using that sort of tongue in cheek. They have been beaten up in the media, no question about it. They've been beaten up by Democrats in Congress, some Republicans. But I think it's all a show to get away from what is actually going on behind the scenes, because when you see these cats together away from you know, all of the, the hoopla and their WWE Royal Rumble smackdown and all this other stuff. They're smiling and kissing and shaking hands. and they're political, they're political ideologues that are supposed to be at loggerheads with each other. That's what they're supposed to be. But oftentimes what we find is when the legislation goes through against the people and against the Constitution— they're right there with one another. They can say different things, but their actions show they're right there with one another. And so let's get to some of this, because I think this needs to be addressed. I think this needs to, we need to have some conversation. And again, I welcome, look, if you if you disagree with me, that's perfectly fine. Call in, 215-867-8255. Anybody that knows me knows I'll give you an opportunity to speak. Um, and maybe we'll have a dialogue about this. But we're all. I'm just telling you right now. If you go outside the Constitution, you start pointing to this and that and the other, and your talking head and uh, whatever unconstitutional law is there, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to the Constitution. I'm gonna say Article, Section, and Clause. Where's that found? So just understand when you call in, that's what I'm going to press. I'm not gonna press whether it's politically expedient, how the media is gonna spend it, or any of that other. We're gonna go back to the law, because if we don't do that, folks, we might as well not have the Constitution. In fact. It's not really being obeyed. It hadn't been obeyed in a long time. We might not even, we might as well not even have it. You know, let's play that, that, that card game where you can just change up the rules. I forget, we played it last year, uh, me, <laughs> me and a lot of the kids when we went down to Alabama. Um, I forget the name of the thing they did, but each person gets to make up a, a new rule in the next round and stuff like that. Anyway, so we might as well do, do that with the law. But the law is stable. Why? Because it has a lawgiver, and that's God. I'm not saying the Constitution is given by God. It isn't. Was it decreed by God that it was part of history? Yes, or it wouldn't have happened. But it is not divinely inspired as the Scriptures are. And so, therefore, it can be amended. The Scriptures cannot be amended. Okay? All right. So, let's take this letter here. The Trump Department of Justice wrote a letter to California Governor Gavin Newsom warning him, warning him, That his unlawful order for banning church services put a, quote, unfair balance, unfair burden, on excuse me, quote, unquote, unfair burden on religious institutes and that, quote, there is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution and its Bill of Rights, end quote, regarding his treatment of them. And I say, amen. Good. That was the right thing to do. That was exactly the right thing to do. Okay, And it's exactly right. There is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution, as Bill of Rights, for him to infringe on the rights of the people to meet and gather for worship. That is commanded in the Scriptures. Hebrews 10.25, right? Don't forsake the assembling together of yourselves. It's, it's it is an example all throughout the Scriptures, including the Old and in the New Testament, where the people of God were to gather to gather. This is why I think the word church is a bad translation in the New Testament. Ecclesia means the assembly. You assemble together. That's part of the First Amendment. It's not just the exercise of um, the the freedom of religion, but the exercise thereof is not to be infringed, and the freedom to assemble is in there, too. This this also leads to issues of discrimination. I know a lot of people, that's a four-letter word, but it's not. Discrimination is you determine who you're going to be around and who you're not. We do it all the time. Now, we can look at it and say you're, you're using you know, a bad standard for what you're discriminating. You don't like somebody's skin color. You don't like their eye color. You don't like their language. You don't want to be around them. Okay. I mean, that's your choice to do. You have the freedom to do that. But it's it's a little weird. Some of us look at it that way. Should that be imposed upon people? By the force of government? No. No. So what they did here, what the what the letter said, was actually good in this respect. But watch the inconsistency that comes out. I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you some of this stuff. Now, this comes by the way of the Washington Standard. I had this on sons of liberty Media.com. You can still see that today. The Justice Department warned California Governor Gavin Newsom in a letter that his order banning church services put an unfair burden on religious institutions. I don't know why. When this show starts, I all of a sudden get a tickle in my throat. So if you hear me kind of trying to stop coughing, or I may hit the cough button if I can't reach it in time, that's why. And if I cough, I apologize and don't get it shut out. So I'm just letting you know. For whatever reason, I get this tickle in my throat as soon as the show starts. The letter, sent by the department's Civil Rights Division, expressed concerns that Newsom's still-undermined opening date for churches amounted to unequal treatment of faith communities and argued that the governor bump up houses of worship from Phase 2 to Phase 3 of his five-stage opening plan, and California is currently in Phase 2. Now, Eric Draben, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, the lead attorney in a team assembled by Attorney General William Barr to examine religious liberty disputes amid state shutdown orders, say, wrote, simply put, there is no pandemic exception to the U.S. Constitution, that's Bill of Rights, and I say, amen. That's right. There is no pandemic exception in the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. The DOJ also noted that it was unfair that churches be forced to close entirely while so-called essential businesses, okay, were allowed to remain open. Now, this administration, the current administration in D.C., under Donald Trump, has used this term essential due to pandemics, just like the governors have. I want to ask you something. Does that, um, no pandemic exception apply to such terminology and such guidelines and enforcement by this administration too? Does it apply to the governors determining who is essential and non-essential businesses? I believe it does, and this is where the inconsistency is. Why are they not dealing with him over businesses, one he says can be open, one he says can't be open? One, he says, has to follow special rules, and the other doesn't have to follow special rules. Where is it? Where's the consistency there? It's not there. It's not there. And I'm not sure that they are intending to be consistent. These are criminal people. The AG, Will Barr, we've already talked about him the crimes that he's been involved in, the criminal ideology that he has as the Attorney General. The fact that he who says, oh, there's not going to be an investigation of Obama and Biden. We don't want this to be a political weapon to deal Well, I don't want it to be a political weapon. I want it to be a Department of Justice. As Bradley says, justice guards our liberty. I don't see any justice coming out against crim- uh, criminal and corrupt politicians. Do you? I see nice letters. Oh. Would you please move from Phase 2 to Phase 3? Where's all these phases at? Where is that in the Constitution? Where is that allowed? Just asking. Just asking. Where is that allowed? Article, section, and calls, please. 215-TOP-TALK, 215-867-8255. If you've got it, if I've missed it, let me know. Mr. Draben, um continues in his letter. This Facially discriminates against religious exercise. Now, again, I agree with discrimination by the people. The people themselves have that right. That is a God-given right that you have. In fact, we could go all through the Old Testament. There's discrimination on who goes into the Holy of Holies in the temple. We have those who are the men who gather in the main court. We have women who are the, the court of the, the, the women there in the temple worship, the court of the Gentiles. We have all of that kind of stuff where there's a discrimination, even religiously, to the same God. Okay? It used to be in this country and in history and even in biblical times the men and the women were separate. Within the church, did you know that? In the assembly. That's what I was talking about, about the the temple. They were separate in the assembly. And so there's discrimination there, right at the heart of religious freedom. There's discrimination that we engage in when we decide somebody can come in our house and somebody can't come in our house. There's discrimination when we determine to visit a certain business and not a certain business. There's discrimination when we agree to go and say, I don't know— what's the when we decide no we're not going to the women's march but we're going to go over here to the 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 abolition of human abortion march over here we make discrimination all the time it's not an evil bad thing and yet when government does it it's a bad thing it really is a bad thing because they're not allowed to do that they're supposed to provide equal protection under the law okay and yes, by the way, this applies to anybody, now, regardless of what their religious worldviews are, you know, what their sexual orientation or this, that, and the other. It applies to them. But if they're going to take it from here and go out and and start obeying that which is unlawful, that's a whole different issue. Men are not to judge the heart; that's what God does. We're to judge actions, and so that's why those things can be punished but they need to be punished justly. So he says, this facially discriminates against religious exercise. Well, yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. And you know what? The fact that the churches are bowing down to it instead of saying, you know what? Go take a flying leap and going ahead and meeting and and, and believing Psalm 91, that God is the one who protects them, even from the perilous pest, pestilence, which that's what we're told is going on. I, I question a lot of it. I'm just going to tell you. I question a bunch of it. Whether any of what we're told is true. You can't believe people who lie and pad numbers about deaths related to a certain thing without even testing, without knowing, and then taking people who come in from all kinds of different other things, and they die, and they say, well, this is a result of the, the, uh, the narrative that we want to do, so you guys have to write all this stuff. Draben continues, California has not shown why interactions in offices and studios of the entertainment industry and in-person operations to facilitate non-essential e-commerce are included on the list as being allowed with social distancing, where telework is not practical. It's not practical? Says who? Mr. Draben. Where is that, Mr. Draven? Where, see, see the inconsistency here? They start talking about social distancing. Where is that in the Constitution? Where do you have authority to impose that or even suggest it? You don't. Government is there to punish evildoers. It is not there to tell me how healthy I can be if I keep myself six feet away from somebody. I don't know what the magic number is for six foot. Is six foot one inches, is that far enough from whatever they're claiming that can be... It it doesn't make any sense. You know why? Because it comes from their daddy, the father of lies, the father of confusion, the devil himself... This is why. They don't stick to the law. So, he continues on. While gatherings with social distancing for purposes of religious worship are forbidden, regardless of whether remote worship is practical or not. So here's what I had to say. And this is from the article I had yesterday. You can read it on sonsoflibertymedia.com or if you want to pass it along, that's up to you. Um, I'm just kind of giving you this as the base for what we're going to get into in the second part of the show. I agree with the premise there is no pandemic exception in the Constitution for these lockdowns, for these infringements upon liberty. And they are. From D.C. to the governor house to mayors who are imposing this stuff. It's unlawful. The guy, Elon Musk, I really don't have any affection for Elon Musk. I'm just going to tell you. I, I think the guy's kind of a jerk. But the point is, is... He's exactly right to open up his business. Now, is he a psyop? I don't know. I, I don't know. But he's right to open his business. He's right to call out these guys for it. And he's right to say, hey, like the guy in uh, Ann Rand's <clears throat> Atlas Shrugged. No, I'm not a promoter of Ann Rand. She had a very unchristian worldview, but she was made in the image of God, and she could see that there was a problem with the encroachment of fascism with government private partnerships where or where there was there was the influence of corporations in on government to do their bidding to shut down the the little guys who are just trying to earn a living she could see that and she wrote this story called atlas shrugged i highly recommend that you either read it or you can watch the movie you can watch the movies there's like three of them in it there's a scene in there it's about i don't know five minutes long from what i recall in the, in the book, it's so much better because, you know, in the book, you create the characters, their voices. You you can see all of that in, in your head. It's, it's just so much better. It's about 34 pages, this guy, uh, Hank Reardon, I think was his name. And he gives this thing where the government wants to take control of the steel outlet, where they make steel. And he addresses them and he says, you know, you can come find, you can do whatever you want and do all this stuff. But if you really want to show who you are. Bring guns. And this should be a lesson for people like Sean Hannity at Fox News. He wanted to talk about a show of force at Michigan with the people showing up with their long arms. They weren't brandishing out, pointing them at people and threatening. They were just they just had their, their guns on, and just like our forefathers. And Sean Hannity said, it's a show of force. that That is not necessary. And we care about the safety of our police officers. Listen to me real quick, real carefully. Every police officer is an agent of the state. Now, there are ones who will uphold their oath and say, we're not going to do what you're telling us to do because it's unlawful. Good for you guys. Good for you guys. But every one of them is an agent of the state. They're paid by the state. And their authority is coming from that that's delegated by the people. So those who stand for the law, I'm with you. I'm standing with you. Those who don't, and we see a bunch of them. We've seen the videos, we've read the stories where they're taking this thing and they're being little tin hat tyrants and infringing on the rights of the people, terrorizing the people. Little moms who are taking their little kids to the parks, women who want to open up their salons, and governors and tyrants who want to say, You can't do what the law allows for the sake of, it's a pandemic, it's COVID-19, coronavirus. You can't do it for those things. And it's because we say so, because we're your nanny, daddy, mommy, big brother, whatever you want to call it. You can't do it because we say so, and we know better than you, and you are the little peons who need to listen to us. I say, Elon Musk was right. Some of these people need to be dealt with, like our our forefathers did, tarred and feathered and took out of office. And the Constitution, while it might not allow for tarring and feathering, it does allow them to be removed, impeached, removed, put in check, and then they're charged with crimes against us. Protests are not enough, people. You have to deal with the criminals at hand. You have to remove them. Gretchen, what's her name? I then forgot. Whitmer. This woman needs to be dealt with. She's opening up sodomite swinger bars while she's attacking a 77-year-old barber. Does that sound like she's upholding her oath to you? Nope. She should have been removed last week. Last week. She should have been removed. But she's still in there. You know why? I'll tell you why. Let me finish this and I'll tell you, well, let me tell you before I forget it. It's because the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has so watered down the law of God to make everybody, oh, we're just like everybody, everybody is a sinner. Yes, everybody is a sinner. I agree, everybody is a sinner. And anybody who wants mercy can have it if they're repentant, if they're broken. If they're contrite, the Bible says that, that God won't turn away from those who are broken in spirit. He desires that. That they would turn away from their sin and they would do, and sin is violation of the law, and that they would do what is right. So you can have mercy if you want it. But there are conditions for that, aren't there? I don't see anybody, Gavin Newsom, Richard Whitmer, any of these other people, Ralph Northam, Governor McMaster, I'm going to throw in a Republican there. He's my governor. I don't see him repentant over the fact that he's calling essential and non-essential businesses. He's imposing these things over these pandemic stuff that aren't constitutional. I don't see them repentant over that. I see every one of them need to be removed. They're infringing upon our liberties. They're destroying our economy. That's part of the thing. They're destroying livelihoods, the abilities for moms and dads to earn and work. Which is part of the fourth amendment or fourth commandment, which is six days you shall labor and do all your work, and the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God, in it you shall do no work. So God establishes God establishes the creator, the one who gave us our rights, establishes that you ought to be working six days a week. Not a 40 hour week thing like what we think about, you ought to be working six days a week. Whatever it is that you do with your hands, you do it for the glory of God. Okay? All right, let me, let me go back here to what I'm talking about in the article. There is no exception for forcing some businesses to operate completely different than others, such as restaurants being closed, but you can get takeout from the same establishments. I want to ask you something. I, I get frustrated here because I have the examples in my own life. We usually get pizza once a week. And we go there, and these people are like, well, we have, n- I forget what they call it, non-touch service or something. It's a curbside service where you don't have to get out of your car, but a guy brings the pizza out. Now, I want you just to stop and think with me about that. <laughs> No-touch service. I-, I guess that means we're not going to touch your hands. Well, you can go in- inside the pizza place, and you can get it, and-, and they sit on the counter, and you have to pick it up so that you don't have to touch your hands. But I want to ask you something, (laughs) because we're told all kinds of stupid stuff that's unbelievable. I mean, it really is unbelievable. I don't believe them. I think they're liars, every one of them. And the doctors who say it, I believe you're liars, too. Okay. coronavirus can't exist. I think it was like 80 or 86 degrees, something like that. Um, It can't exist. Yet it can remain on metal surfaces, which are normally cooler unless you're applying heat to them. They're normally cooler than just the normal air. Everybody knows this. Uh, but they can exist on those things for like, I don't know, weeks. Don't you find that a little strange? Don't you find it a little strange that a virus can exist at 80 something degrees, um, but your body temperature is what? 98.6. What? Your host, Tim, don't you? No, they're lying to you. What they're calling a virus and all these statistics that they're throwing out are based on germ theory. All of you guys who believe that the evolution theory is bunk because you believe in creation, which, look, we can't prove—I can't go out and prove that creation exists. I believe it by faith from the creator who said he was there, and that he made all things by the word of his power. He spoke it into existence, and he formed it by speaking it. Everything. Mine is by faith— Evolutionary theory is by the faith of unbelievers, which isn't true faith. It's a lie. It's a lie. And the same thing happens here. Germ theory is a theory. It's not been proven. It's not. And all of this is based on germ theory. And the people flee, and they cower, and they wear a stupid mask on their face, which really causes them a lot of harm over these things. So, here's something else I want to show you. And this is going to relate to what I'm talking about going on in D.C. There's no exception for forcing some businesses to operate. I'm going to reiterate this line again. To operate completely different than others, such as restaurants being closed, but you can take out um, from the same establishments. There is no constitutional authority for anyone to demand people wear masks. I might add or take vaccines or any kind of other drugs. There's not. I don't care what Dershowitz says. He can't point to the law. When he was asked about the law, you know what he did? He started pontificating about something else. He doesn't quote Article, Section, of Clause. Why? Because it's not there. But I'll tell you what is there. The Ninth and Tenth Amendment, which says if we haven't delegated you to the federal government, we hold that, the states and the people. There's a distinction between states and people. And you know what? States don't have that right either because they agree with the federal government in their oath that they don't have the right to do these things. People are to be protected in their persons. In their persons. There's no constitutional authority to fine and threaten business owners for providing services to anyone that wants them. And that's what these ladies, whether it's, um, um, what's the lady's name, Shelly Luther in Texas, or whether it was Lindsey Graham, not my spineless senator here in South Carolina, but the lady out there who owns a salon in Oregon, which, by the way, The judge has pretty much held up Kate Brown, all but said she's a criminal. They won't say that, but that's what she is, and said her her orders are unlawful. But we see their hypocrisy and inconsistency here from the DOJ, the one that won't prosecute the real criminals, right? I'm serious, folks. Where have you seen any prosecution from this administration about criminal and corrupt politicians that it rails against? No, it is using that to get you to vote for them come November, and you can keep believing the lie that voting for them is going to make things different. It isn't. Keep believing that if that's what you want to believe. What do you recommend? I'm not recommending you vote for anybody. I'm saying you keep believing the lie that voting for them will change things. Has it changed? It really in the past three and a half years? Oh, our economy's been good. Okay, if you start with that, I'm just going to shut you down. And the reason I'm going to shut you down is, one, that's a Marxist way of starting things. It's not the Christian way. The Christian worldview is to start with the law and justice. It's not Marxism and dealing with the economy. The second thing is is you're dealing with... An economy that's booming, this that, and you can show all these numbers all you want. And meanwhile, while whatever raise you made, while whatever job you got, or whatever, the federal government is spending like drunken sailors, no offense to drunken sailors, but they're spending like drunken sailors, and then they and, and not constitutionally either. Okay. There's about 18 things that Congress can write law on, right here. Article one, section eight is where it comes in. And matter of fact, let me give you this. The Congress shall have power to lay and collect taxes, duties, imposts, and excises to pay the debts and provide for the common defense and general welfare of the United States. But all duties, imposts, and excises shall be uniform throughout the United States. Now, first of all, let me just remind you, Donald Trump said he was going to impose tariffs on Mexico. You remember that? And everybody got behind him. Oh, yeah, we need to impose tariffs. That's not his job. He doesn't have authority to impose tariffs on squat. That's Congress's job. And you know what? I dealt with a good friend who should know the Constitution, who does know the Constitution. And I said, can you show me that in, in the Constitution, Article, Section, and Clause? And she went on and on and on and on and on and on, and on giving me Cato Institute, Heritage Foundation, uh, Talking Heads, um, political commentators, and all this other stuff. And I said, I just asked for the law, please. And eventually, you know what she did after, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes of this? She said, well, Tim, you know that it isn't in there. And I said, thank you. You just made my point. If it's not in there, he doesn't have the authority to do it. I don't care what your emotions tell you about, oh, he needs to do something. It's going to look politically bad. Well, that's our problem, isn't it? It's, we want to think about how we look, how we appear, than what we do. What we do. What we, we care more about what we say than what we do. By the way, all of this that I just read in this first paragraph of Article 1, Section 8 leads up. It's like the summary of what can be done. So if you want to know what the general welfare is, well, first of all, you would need to read the Federalist Papers as to what they meant by it. It doesn't mean a welfare state. What it means is... Any of this stuff, whether it's excises, whether it's taxes, whether it's... And I, I'm not a fan of taxes. I think this is a place where this ought to be stripped, and we ought to rethink that altogether. Okay? Common defense. Gentle welfare and these other things that are that are put in place. There's a biblical remedy for this, by the way. There really is. You don't be taxing... You're not to tax and, and carry out usury, which is... Um, interest towards your countrymen. You can do it to those outside of it. So when the cities want to, if you go stay in a hotel like over in Charlotte and they and they say something about, well, we're going to impose taxes for that, and they, they're saying it, well, we're going to get the people who are coming out of the state. Well, they're getting the people inside the state too. If you want to get people outside that state and you have a tax in place, fine. Knock yourself out. Taxing the people in your own jurisdiction and, and imposing interest Banks, you banksters, is against what the word of God says to do. I mean, it just is. People can't even get out from under a simple debt that they have because the interest rate is so ridiculous. Meanwhile, the people get their money from what? Monopoly money. They're printing it out of thin air. It's not based on anything. Donald Trump keeps telling us, oh, our economy is going to come out bigger than ever. It's going to be huge. Yeah, right. You just went eight over eight trillion dollars. Oh, Tim, but he had to do this for COVID nineteen. No, he didn't. In fact, he wasn't authorized to do it. Neither was the Congress. Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy. Any of these guys, they aren't authorized to be spending the money the way they're doing. None of them. There, blanket that. Come attack me for that. But that's the facts. That's the facts. So when you get to these issues that I just read in this paragraph, they're then listed. Okay? Sorry, my camera's a little off here. They're then listed. About 18 to 21 things, depending on how you break them down. Borrowing money. I think that's probably the biggest problem that we have um, on the credit of the United States. Again, I think some of this needs to be revised. I'm just going to tell you. Regulate commerce. Establish uniform. Rule of naturalization. I could go on and on to coin money. Oh, that's a good one because then it goes down to silver and gold to pay for debts, not your paper fiat IOUs that you get from the Federal Reserve that you're lied to makes your great economy while you keep going trillions and trillions of dollars in debt that have to be printed because the federal government doesn't have it. And they have to do this every year, folks. Don't you know it? Well, but Tim, they're taking in trillions of dollars for or whatever from the people here. In taxes, yeah, it's because, first of all, the people of America don't even know what the law says regarding income tax. Doesn't mean what they say it does, and the Supreme Court has said so, and the tax code says so. I'd say the vast majority of Americans don't owe an income tax according to the tax code, according to what the Supreme Court's ruled. Do your own homework on that. We may have somebody come on and speak about that very soon. So with all of this stuff, social distancing, shutting down churches, um, declaring certain businesses essential and non-essential. Where does that come from? Well, it doesn't come from the constitution and the DOJ's right to call him out uh, over the church thing. But then there's this phases. Well, where's this phases thing? If if that's not if that's not a part of it, if it's not if there's no exemption in the in the constitution for it, where is the DOJ have the authority to say, well you need to move from phase two to phase three of reopening. Where did the federal government or the states have the authority to shut down the states in any capacity? I'm just asking you. 215 Top Talk. 2158678255. I mean if you disagree with me, don't wait till after the show's over and start, you know, doing your trolling. We appreciate that by the way. If you want to do that, it just helps kind of bump us up because there's more comments, more likes and emojis and all that other stuff. It's fine. Do it. But don't do it just for that. Be a man. Be a woman. Call in. I'll give you an opportunity to speak. I w- I really will. But you better come with the law. Otherwise, you're just like the rest of these people that I'm naming off. There's a guy by the name of Matt Palumbo. <clears throat> I think he's over at the Dan Bungino site. I think that's where this came from. Um. And I like Dan Bongino for certain reasons and not for others. <laughs> um, I really think he should have given Sean Hannity a smackdown for saying what he said the other week. I really do. But this is how they do. They pat each other on the back and kind of go along and stuff. The, the, the reality is, is this. Here's what Matt Palumbo wrote. Lockdowns were initially justified under the basis that we have 15 days to flatten the curve. And that's the lie. And it's a usurpation. See, it's an emotional play. If we don't do this, people are gonna die. Well, people are gonna die anyway. One out of one people die. Ten out of ten people die. A hundred out of a hundred people die. Billions out of billions die. They just do. Do we like that? No, it's part of the curse. It's part of what sin does. Do we want to save life? Yes. But we want to save life, not government. It doesn't have that authority, nor the capacity to do it. It has the capacity of force. That's what it has the capacity of. To draw you into submission. Lockdowns were initially justified over this 15 days to flatten the curve. They've since continued for two months. Some blue state governors have gone, and I really hate that term. It's just, yeah, whatever. Blue state governors have gone as far as to say they won't fully reopen until a vaccine is available. Now, this sounds very much like Europe, Boris Johnson and company. Oh, we can't do anything until a vaccine is ready. And if you remember, listen, Donald Trump may not be pushing mandatory vaccines. He's never said that he's, he's for mandatory vaccines. Well, let me change that. He has when it came to measles. He said the kids have to get their shots. I don't know what have to means unless it means you have to get them. Now, you can say, well, that's not forced. Okay, what's the alternative? What's the alternative from have to to something else? Now, I pointed this out last week, and I got friends, good friends, who said, well, Donald Trump didn't do this. Fake news. These people are communist enablers, and they're, they're doing a- No, we're not communist enablers. The communist enablers are the people who allow this administration to get away with what they're getting away with and don't stand against them, but says, I'm going to vote for them in November despite their tyranny. That's enabling communism, especially when this administration is using the Treasury Department to buy up securities. That is the definition of communism, especially when this administration is having public-private partnerships, just like administrations before, not not just picking on them, saying the one in, in power now. That's fascism. That's the very definition of it. But we're going to vote for them in November because they're better than Dog Bowl two, Joe Biden. That's enabling the lawless. Not this, not Sons of Liberty. We aren't doing that. We're pointing to the law, and we're holding to it. Period. That's what we do. Here's what he continues to go on, uh, Matt Palumbo. They've since continued for two months, and some uh, blue state governors have gone as far as to say they won't fully reopen until a vaccine is available. What is that saying? I mean, what is it saying? If a vaccine's available and you won't open till then, yes, yeah, some people are going to be stupid little lemmings who are just going to run off the cliff. Oh, it's a vaccine. that's going to save us all. Give it to me. I don't care if I fall over apoplectic and die. I don't care if it makes my my kids sick. I don't care what kind of junk is in it that they're going to pump into my body that I would never drink out of a cup. Give it to me so I can go back to work so I can go do whatever I do. That's just Foolish. But the implication is that until the vaccine's ready, you can't go back to work. Which what, What's the implication? You have to have the vaccine to go back to work before we can reopen. I mean, that is the implication. I don't think I'm you know, going a stretch here. I really don't think I'm going a stretch. He says that's just a fancy way of justing up, justifying a lockdown forever policy. In fact, it is. Well, at least until Operation Warp Speed pushes out um, the chemicals and pollutants and toxins and poisons that they're going to shoot into your body, right? Because the fastest vaccine ever brought to market took four years. Well, not under Donald Trump. We're going to have it by the end of the year, according to Donald Trump. (laughs) And we're going to bring out the military to ensure that there's plenty of military personnel to administer the vaccine to people who want it. Okay. To people who want it. That, now that's his words. People who want it. He didn't say mandatory vaccine, but in the conversation I had or that I showed with Fox news, the context was when can we get back to normal? Well, we're going to have a vaccine. And the implication was because she was asking, you know, do we have to have our temperature taken? Do we have to have a COVID-19 test. The uh, interviewer there she was asking him this, and he was like, well, we're going to have a vaccine. It's almost like it was the contrast of instead of going and having temperature checks every time you go somewhere and COVID-19 tests every time you go somewhere, we're going to have a vaccine. I mean, that was that was the context. Everybody heard it on this show, and I said, pay attention to how the, the conversation flows. Now, he may not have meant it the way it is. He may not have. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But that's the way the context read. And here's what Matt continues. While it is great to see some companies stating that they'll be able to have a vaccine within a year, it was it was B and un, I think he messed up. I just copied it straight from him. It was an unprecedented feat and still way too long to delay reopening. Regardless, by Memorial Day, every state will have removed restrictions to some extent. Maybe Matt, maybe. They keep pushing it back. We're going to open at the end of April. We're going to open at the 1st of May. We're going to open by the end of May. We're now, you know, look, uh, let me just tell you this. My family and I, uh, my wife and I talked uh, before the end of the year, we were going to get our, our kids gifts and we were going to do something as a family. We we're going to make it a priority to do something as a family. Get, a, get me away from this and us just go spend the day together once a week or once every other week, right? Just just away from everything. So we were going to go to Carowinds. And for those of you who don't know, that's just a theme park over here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And um, there were uh, season passes. So my wife says, why don't we get that, you know, and that way we can all do something. Carowinds isn't going to open. They've been pushing it back and pushing it back and pushing it back. They're planning on opening, I think, in the middle of next month or end of next month. I don't know what it is. Now, they've already went ahead and said, if you bought a season pass, we're going to give you one for next year. Well, that's fine for next year if I'm alive next year. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's it, it, that's the right thing to do. The right thing. Well, actually, the right thing would do would just give us our money back and let us use our season pass this year. That'd be great. But in any case, they're going to give us another year, but they keep pushing it back, and the states keep pushing it back. They tell you they're going to open at one time, and then when it comes up that time, oh, we need to extend that a little. More. And they'll keep doing that to you. They're going to keep doing it to you. So, Matt, I don't know how you're determining that um, (laughs) Memorial Day, every state's going to have its restrictions removed. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. In either case, that's not the issue. The issue is, is it lawful? And I can tell you right now, it's not lawful. This is why I've said, and I told you before Shelley Luther did her thing and the the armed people came up, except they should have been there when the police came, like the Michigan militia were when the police came to that barbershop, and they stood there and they wouldn't let them through. Folks, friends, countrymen, lend me your ear. Stop listening to them as to when you can reopen, and you start going and banding together and opening your businesses and get your friends who may not be working because their business is determined they're not going to open for whatever reason. There are a bunch of corporate fascists too, some of those that do that. And open your business. Defy the tyrant. They are acting lawlessly. You are acting lawfully. I just quoted you the Fourth Amendment or the Fourth Commandment. Ugh. The Fourth Commandment. God says you ought to be working. I'm not sitting back getting a unemployment check. Waiting on your Donald Trump approved, signed, and you know that's a, that's a campaign ploy to put his name on there. That's what that is. It's using your money to empower himself for reelection. That's what that is. That's what that was all about. Did a show on that too. Matt says, and while state and local governments may try to prevent that, the DOJ is stepping in, especially when it comes to protecting religious freedom. Where are lockdowns permitted in the U.S. Constitution? Where are they permitted? I asked that for Mr. Draven. And yet the president himself specifically said he's the one running the show when it comes to reopening America. He said it himself. Take a look. I showed this to you the other day. For those of you who haven't seen it, I'm showing it to you. Look, I, these aren't my words. These are President Donald Trump's. For the purpose of creating conflict and confusion, some in the fake news media are saying that it is the governor's decision to open up the states, not that of the president of the United States and the federal government. Let it be fully understood that this is incorrect. No, it's not, Donnie, because you can't point to article, section, and clause. He says it is the decision of the president for many good reasons. The decision of what? Reopening the states. So his DOJ is chiding these people for their lockdowns, for their infringements on people's rights, while President Donald Trump says, I have the authority to do all of that. I have the authority to shut down the states, to not let people go to work, to not let this happen or that happen. I am Caesar. I am God. I mean, he's not saying that, but that's in essence what he's saying. He's usurping authority that he doesn't have. Read Article, article 2. He doesn't have any authority to be doing any of this, what he's saying. With that being said, Donald says... The administration and I are working closely with the governors, and this will continue a decision by me in conjunction with the governors. By the way, I'm just going to see if they approve with what I say, but it's the it's my decision, and input from others will be made shortly. He goes on. The day before, governors, <clears throat> get your state's testing programs and apparatus perfected. He doesn't have authority to tell them to do that. He doesn't have any authority to tell the states what to do with regard to their health care in their state as zero authority. Yet he's telling them this. Be ready. Big things are happening. Yeah, big things are happening. Tyranny's coming, folks. You think it's going to be salvation. You think you've been told by people like QAnon and other lemmings who follow QAnon and other people who think this administration is going to bring justice and they're going to bring peace and prosperity and utopia. Well, what's coming is more tyranny. Why? Because I said so? No, because God said so. Read Leviticus 26. Read the book of Revelation, not in regards to what's in our future, what's in our past. Read how God dealt with a rebellious nation, Israel, how he judged them over and over and over. And he continued to mount those judgments in tighter succession of time and in power So he tells them big big things are happening. No excuses. The federal government is there to help. Remember that from Ronald Reagan? I mean, it wasn't like he didn't steal Ronald Reagan's motto, make America great. Now he's using this. (laughs) Except it's the opposite of what Reagan said. Governors, excuse me, the federal government is there to help. What was Reagan's quote? (laughs) Some of those frightening words that you can hear, right? I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. I want you to think about that. Think about that. We are testing more than any country in the world. You know what? Testing is just as bad if it's going to be mandatory. And I don't think it is because he was he came out and he spoke about that, that they were ready to do it and they could do 300,000 a day. We've got people just sitting and waiting. It's because nobody's concerned about it, except for little feeble-minded people who sit in front of their TV and watch Fox News, CNN, ABC, CBS, NBC all day long, or listen to Rush Limbaugh and um, uh, Glenn Beck and um, any of your conservative talking heads, as well as your NPR or any of that. Those are the only people who are really concerned about coronavirus, really. Everybody else is living their lives. Why? Because we can. It's called Liberty. (laughs) I mean, that's the issue. It's called liberty. But then he tells them, also, gear up with face masks. Donald Trump has never worn a face mask. And I asked you yesterday, and I'll ask again. I still haven't had an answer. You're welcome to send in one if you have one. Donald Trump came out the other day and said he's taking hydroxychloroquine and zinc every day. But he's never tested positive for coronavirus. Why would you take a prescription drug for something that you don't even have? He doesn't have malaria. That's what it's been tested for. Had some things on coronavirus. He did, doesn't have that. Why is he taking it? You have. Ne- I'm just telling you, as far as I'm concerned, this is my opinion. I don't think you've ever seen a bigger promoter of big pharma than you see with this president. That makes no sense to do that. Zero sense to do it. It is a prescription, and you say, "Well, there isn't a lot of money." The R and D has been paid for that for decades. Hydroxychloroquine. You got to go to a doctor. Doctor's going to make money off of you for writing your prescription. You get one of those. I think somebody said it costs nine or ten dollars each prescription or whatever that you get. If less than half of the population, 150 people, get that, what are they going to get? 1.5 billion dollars. Start multiplying that for people who want to do what Donnie's doing, taking it every day. And you're going to have a lot of money for Big Pharma. Okay? Hope you guys will pay attention to what was said. The issue is, what does the law say? What does the law say, and are they adhering to it? If they're not adhering to it, it's all political jargon. It's a WWE match. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you more at 8 a.m. Kate Shimarani, be with us. Health and Wellness, Sons of Liberty. See ya.